Well guys, hello, welcome to another edition of 20 Teams Uncut Podcast. We'll be trying to do a little bit of a focus on Glasgow podcast for this month to try and highlight some of the work that's going on that we're asking you to support as part of our Christmas challenge. And so to that end, we've got the one and only Paul Harkis. Paul, how are you? I'm doing well, Pete. How are you? I'm good. You're not actually from Glasgow, right? You're from the other side of Scotland. Yeah. The worst the, side. The good side. No, no, like, come <laughs> on, West is best. We know that. Right? You've, you've seen the light. You've come over here. They say that the wise men came from the east. <laughs> so um, usually we have hats on because we're just that cool. It's actually Baltic down here. This <laughs> is downstairs in Opal. It's particularly cool today. It's a good job you've got a lovely flowing beard here as well to keep you warm. I'm pretty jealous of that, Paul. So. Thank you. <laughs> right, Paul, you are one of our newest church planters um, over in, well, Kilmarnock area, just kind of south of here in Glasgow. Um, do you want to tell us first off, how did you come to know the Lord? Like, what was your upbringing like? And then we'll work into how did you hear about and get involved with 20 Schemes? So... Where did you grow up? What was that like? So I grew up in a town called Musselburgh, uh, just outside Edinburgh, down the road for Nidry Community Church, actually. Um, from a young age, I was brought to church by my, my dad, who became a Christian when I was about two years old. Um, my mum became a Christian when I was about ten. So going to church on Sundays with my wee brother was part of the, the normal routine for us growing up. Um, we went to Musselburgh Baptist Church, um, and... Yeah, that was where I first heard the gospel of Jesus. Um, I think probably as a wee boy, I would have said that I had a, a childhood-like faith. Um, I thought I believed the stories that I was being taught from the Bible. Um, and I certainly prayed that the, the Lord would be my uh, saviour um, from a, a young age. But I think probably experientially, um, that didn't really translate, certainly, as I went through secondary school, I became quite rebellious, uh, dabbled in drugs, chased after girls, uh, enjoyed a good drink, um, and that continued for, yeah, right through my, my teenage years into my, my early 20s, and um, during that time, um, I, I basically stopped going to church, um, and I would have said that uh, I wasn't a Christian eventually and uh, I would have probably acknowledged that I was an atheist. I believed that uh, this life was really all that there was um, and so you have to just make good of it what you can and for me that simply meant um, trying to fall in love with a, a girl and get married and maybe um, having a good job, settling down. Uh, having a couple of kids. That was all I really wanted out of life. Um, I was on that trajectory. Um, by the time I was 20, I, I met a, a girl that I fell in love with. And uh, I was I was happy and content in life. Uh, I had everything lined up the way I wanted it to be lined up. But then something changed for me quite significantly. Uh, in 2005, um, I was on holiday in Bulgaria. And uh, when I went on this holiday in Bulgaria, on the day I left to go on holiday, my, my granddad died. Um, I'd been living at home uh, at the time. My granddad had also been living with us because he'd been unwell. And um, his death shook me up quite significantly. Um, it caused me to ponder uh, my worldview um, as I reflected on his death and thought about the fact that, you know, if we just live here and have things in this life to live for, 
and then we die and there's nothing after that, well, life is actually pretty pointless. Um, and as I reflected on that for the first time in my life, I felt really alone, uh, even afraid. Um, and yeah, I couldn't get any sense of peace uh, as I reflected on this. And um, one day on this holiday, um, something quite unbelievable happened for me. Um, I was feeling very um, upset and miserable. Um, I was crying, I was alone, I was afraid. And uh, there in that moment, I could sense uh, the Lord's presence, this Lord that I'd been brought up to know and love and trust in. And um, I fell under great conviction for my sin. Uh, I knew that I'd been brought up to believe in this God and to give my life to this God. And um, I knew that I was a sinner and that my sin deserved to be punished. Um, but at the same time, I also knew that this uh, God was merciful and gracious and I knew that he was um, wanting me to give my life to him. And um, this sort of sense of knowing his presence there in that moment basically changed uh, everything for me. For the first time in my life, I knew that this God was real. Uh, I knew that um, there was much more to life than simply uh, living to have a, a good career or to um, settle down and fall in love and maybe get married and have kids and have your own home and things like that. Uh, but I knew that there was a, a God who made us who we could know uh, and have a relationship with through uh, Jesus Christ, his son. That night I prayed, I asked, I asked God to forgive me for my sin uh, and to come and to take control of my life. And there in that moment, I, I, just, I sensed the Holy Spirit coming upon me and he was ministering to me and he was showing me things in my life that were um, out of sync with the gospel of Jesus. And he was saying to me, Paul, uh, all of these things are going to change now uh, because you belong to me. So that was the moment I became a Christian. What age were you then? I was 23. In um, Bulgaria? In Bulgaria, of all places, yeah. So I wasn't around other Christians, but uh, having been brought up in the Christian faith, uh, having heard the gospel uh, as, a, as a young boy growing up, um, the Lord made that real to me um, and yeah my life changed completely from that moment on so that was early 20s I mean you're now an old man right you're now what, 40 40 you're party, wasn't yeah. it, a few months ago so yeah. um, when did you sense kind of call into ministry or or that kind of kind of process because you were about were you at Musselburgh for a bit doing some stuff you were then met the guys at Nidri 20 schemes how'd all that kind of come yeah so when I became a Christian, I was um, I was working in, in banking at the time, and it's probably about a year or two after I became a Christian. I remember sitting in my office one day, and it probably sounds weird and strange. I, I wouldn't use this as as a kind of gauge for whether someone should go into Christian ministry or anything like that. But um, I I just kind of sense that the Lord might have. Um, plans for me out with banking and yeah I, I guess I kind of I didn't really say too much about that to anybody I kind of reasoned with myself right okay if I was doing something other than banking I would want to be involved in some kind of full time Christian ministry so to speak um, I never ever thought that I could um, work in a church because I thought that the only job in a church was to be a pastor mm. and for me that was out because the idea of 
uh, getting up week by week and, and preaching a sermon was something that I would never do because uh, I've always been a little bit shy <laughs> and nervous about being up front and being um, someone speaking to people. So I thought I could never do that. Um, I kind of thought that maybe I could be a missionary. Mm. Um, I quite enjoyed the outdoors. Um, I was a bit rough. <laughs> I thought I could maybe live in a, a jungle somewhere and tell a few... You've got the beard uh, for it, right? I've got the beard, exactly. <laughs> Um, I thought I could maybe, uh, yeah, share my faith in that kind of context and maybe just about uh, come back to a, a church that was supporting me in that mm -hmm. and, and tell them how it was going. Um, so I, I kind of thought, yeah, maybe I could be a missionary. So I was, I was pushing a few doors on that front a little bit. Um, did a, a few short-term uh, mission trips with a, an organization called Asia Link uh, once each year for a number of years. Um, but as I was kind of pushing the door on that front, I was becoming more involved in my, my own church setting at home. Um, some of the, the elders uh, in my church were, were kindly discipling me and nurturing me in my faith. Um, and my old pastor, John Shear, he, he was nurturing me as a, as, a, as a young preacher as well. Um, this guy who thought he would never ever preach a sermon and would never want to preach a sermon somehow... Uh, happened to find himself beginning to preach on a, a semi-regular basis, um, maybe three or four times a, a year or something mm -hmm. like that. And uh, that kind of sort of became more of a thing for me. And eventually in 2013, I, I resigned from my, my job in banking, uh, convinced that the Lord was, was leading me into some kind of full-time Christian ministry, probably in a church back here at home because... Actually, while I was pushing this missionary door uh, overseas and so on, I was actually seeing there was a, a great need here in Scotland, mm -hmm. uh, the so-called land of the book. Uh, things were dark here. There was a great need, a lack of faithful churches right across Scotland and particularly um, in the, the housing schemes mm -hmm. in Scotland. Like You've always been like banging that drum about the housing schemes the first time I met you. I remember you talking about a scheme in, in Musselboro and like, what was it about the housing schemes? What was it that made you think, yeah, no, this is where we need churches? I think a, a massive part of it, Pete, would have been the fact that, well, I grew up in a, a poor housing scheme um, myself. Uh, so me, me and my family, we lived in a, a scheme known as the Wimpies, uh, just in the outskirts of Musselboro because uh, Wimpy Homes uh, built that, that oh. scheme back in the day. And so it was always just known locally as, as the Wimpies. And you're a bit of a wimp, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so, so we grew up in that scheme. My mum and my dad, uh, they, were, they were young Christians. And I think growing up in a, a conservative church, and probably, you know, as parents, I guess parents have to wrestle with this kind of stuff, thinking about what's right for their kids and so on. Uh, we ended up moving out of that scheme by the time I was about... Uh, 10 or 11 years old and mm. um, they were worried that I think I would get involved with certain people and do a lot of bad things uh, so we moved out of that scheme and um, didn't change who I was because I did a lot of bad things <laughs> anyway because I'm still a sinner and it doesn't matter where you place a sinner uh, they'll find ways to sin no matter where they live and so that's part of the reason then why you're like yeah there's no churches there that's where Absolutely, there was no church in our scheme. In fact, I tell you, I tell you a lie. There, there was, there was a an old, um, an old uh, parish church there uh, that has has since closed. So there is, there is absolutely no church. 
um, in that scheme where we where we grew up. And um, in addition to that, I think uh, when I did some of my training at Musselburgh as, as a ministry apprentice, I was studying at Cornhill. Um, I also had the opportunity to um, dip my tone a little bit to what 20 schemes mm. were doing. I uh, did a day or two a week um, as, a, as a volunteer at Nidre uh, to that? see how you guys were doing. Um, I found it very stretching, actually, because the, the church that um, I'd grown up in was um, faithful, conservative, probably a, a bit more traditional. Uh, we had one or two people from um, my kind of background that would, would go to our church, but the, the general culture of the church was... Um, more middle class, I guess you could say. Um, and, and going to Nidre, it, it felt like it was more um, contextually reflective of the, the area in which they were doing ministry. Um, and yeah, that just that opened my eyes. I, I found it hard at first, actually. Um, yeah, it was, it was stretching for me uh, seeing ministry done in ways that I'd never really seen it done in my own church that I'd experienced growing up in. Um, but over time, I, I grew to fall in love with what was being done. And um, yeah, I've got a massive respect for the, the ministry of, of 20 Schemes. And So do you see yourself at that stage? Like, I want to be a church plant, don't I? I want to go to one of these communities and just plant a new church. That's what the Lord has for me. Yeah, I think... So I, I think over time I was thinking maybe, but I had I had a few questions about um, whether I was the right kind of guy mm-hmm. um, to go somewhere, make connections with people, um, try and get something going off the ground, try and draw people mm-hmm. uh, around this vision for a, a future church plant. Um, I think I wanted to give it a go, but I wasn't yeah. fully sure whether I was the right yeah, kind yeah. of guy for it. That was my story too. Like, see the need, right? And there's no one doing it, but like, oh, I'm not sure I'm the guy to do this either. Like, yeah. And one of the things that's always encouraged me, you've made the guys in 20 schemes, is just that message of, look, the need here is so great. No one else is coming. Like, if the Lord's put that on your heart, then let's give this a shot. <laughs> let's, like, get behind yeah. it and see what the Lord's going to do, right? He always uses jars of clay. He always uses Muppets because then he gets the glory and not us, uh, which is encouraging. So, which is what's happening, right? So now you are not in the east, but in the much better part of Scotland, the west of Scotland. Um, what, about half an hour, 40 minutes south of Glasgow in Kilmarnock, in the kind of greater west of Scotland area. How'd that happen? How did you end up um, in a church just outside Kilmarnock, planted a church in one of the roughest schemes in Scotland and on things? How'd that happen? Yeah, so I think... Um Basically, what happened was when I was doing my, my ministry training, my, my own church, Musselboro, they had uh, thoughts at that time of, of perhaps uh, planting into this scheme mm-hmm. in which I grew up in, sure. the Wimpies and Musselboro. Um, and uh, yeah, for for various reasons, uh, that didn't quite materialise. The leaders decided to go in a, a different uh, direction with what they, they wanted to do. Um, and so I was approaching the end of my my sort of initial phase of, of training, if you like. I was about to finish up at Cornhill, um, sort of summer of 2018, and I was looking for uh, work, basically. And um, a guy that I studied with, Nathan Owens, he was down at a church in Kilmore's Maxwell Church, which is about five minutes outside Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, he he found out about my my situation, and uh, we met for a coffee, and he 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 had this crazy idea about um, perhaps um, me coming to serve with him in an assistant minister capacity at Maxwell Church, but really to to head up um, a, a future church plant uh, and on Thank, which happened to be the place where they, yeah. they filmed uh, the, the BBC miniseries, the the scheme. So like um, people probably don't know about that, certainly if they're not from Scotland, that was pretty notorious here, what was it, 10, 15 years ago maybe? Yeah, along those lines, yeah. So yeah, it kind of made a, a few people a bit of uh, local mini-celebs, I guess yeah. you could say, from that area <laughs> that guy, off the back of it. happy as Larry, couldn't be happier. Yeah, that was Marvin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he became a bit of a, a celeb locally. Yeah. So it basically was like some kind of, almost like, what do you call those things? Not Big Brother, but like it followed real people's life. Yep. in this scheme but it probably chose people right at the margins of, of the extremes of the scheme didn't it oh yeah i think i think it gave a very narrow portrayal of what life is actually like and mm -hmm. on thank i remember there's like scenes of guys like jumping out the window with the polos at the door and stuff and like yeah i'm, I'm not saying that stuff like that doesn't happen um yeah all, all i'm saying is it's not that it's not the whole story yeah. which is what um, people locally probably thought as well wasn't yeah. it Absolutely. Um, they thought it maybe painted a one-dimensional when there was a lot more going on. Yeah. But that stuff is certainly there. And Onthank is statistically one of the poorest, one of the roughest areas of Scotland. And yet there again, there was no gospel church there, right? No gospel church in Onthank. Um, I need to be careful about saying that locally mm -hmm. um, because there is a, well, there was a Church of Scotland there. But even saying that there's no Church of Scotland there can be a little bit of a, mm -hmm. a controversial thing to say locally. Um, but uh, yeah, there is no gospel church in Onthank, and that's why we want to plant a, a church in Onthank. 5,000 people that live there with no opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, what they need more than anything else is to hear uh, the good news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save them from mm -hmm. their sins. Uh, they don't need food banks. They don't need um, other forms of mercy ministry. They need the gospel of Jesus preached to them by a, a local church. All right. And so again, it was, it's been encouraging for me to get to know you guys and Nathan a little bit over the last, I guess, year and a bit or so. You're now fully signed up with 20 Schemes. You live in the community. You've just bought a house in the community as well. So you did live in a, a kind of rental. You now bought a house. Since you've moved down there, you've met the love of your life. Surprisingly, she's not blind. She's from Australia. Her name is Miriam, right? And she's moved into the community with you as well. Anything else going on in your life just now that's exciting? Yeah, my, my lovely wife is expecting our, our first child, a wee boy. We've named him Jackie. Um, and he is due on the 11th of January. So uh, we're getting ready for his arrival. Cool. And so let's chat a little bit about how 20 Schemes has been able to encourage you or maybe support you guys over the last year and a bit. Because again... A lot of the money that we are raising, hoping to raise this time of year, goes to support people exactly like you, people that um, are from Scotland, never thought they could be the kind of guy to do this, but who the Lord's placed there and, and who's hooked up with us in, in order to get that support and that training so that we'll see churches planted. So what's it been like kind of being part of 20 Schemes? What's been helpful? Um, yeah, just a chat about that. Yeah, I think, well... We we were we were planning to plan. We were hoping that we could develop a, a partnership with with Twenty Schemes, but um, partnering with Twenty Schemes has really just helped sharpen the focus for us in in a number of ways. 
Um, first of all, the, the training, coming here every couple of weeks to meet with other planters uh, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, studying God's word together, uh, thinking through important topics related to church and church planting, church revitalization is just so helpful for us guys on the ground. Um, but not only that, in terms of like what we're actually learning, it's actually helpful in terms of uh, the camaraderie as yeah, well, because doing this is it's not easy, mm-hmm. and um, it can be quite isolating at times. But to have that sort of wider support from fellow brothers and sisters who are involved in the same thing, and and we know the experience of other brothers and sisters who have uh, gone before us, mm-hmm. um, is just so helpful for us guys on the ground as we learn from one another, as we learn from one another's mistakes, yeah, uh, and as we support one another, and all of us have one another's back, you yeah. know, and it's, that's just so, so encouraging. And I think my wife, Miriam, she's just really appreciated that as well. Um, big transition from her. <laughs> uh, not only marrying me, but uh, leaving um, the, let's giddy just say- of London. <laughs> yeah, the, the giddy heights of, of, of South London. Uh, to come to Scotland, but not just Scotland, but uh, to come to uh, to Onthank and Kilmarnock. A uh, big transition for her. And um, yeah, helpful in that transition's been uh, coming alongside the other planters' wives mm-hmm. uh, as we meet together each month. Uh, it's been really helpful for her as well. And Miriam's so. actually just wrote a blog as well to kind of highlight, again, some of the work for the Christmas Challenge. So hopefully yep. that's going out in the next week or two, so people will be able to read a little bit of Miriam's story yourself. And how she's settled in from the heights of London now to a scheme in Kilmarnock, which is, again, I'm really encouraged by that too. Um, as you are working to plant a church, so again, people are hopefully going to give money and support, you building a team, starting some ministry, all that kind of stuff. What have you been doing so far? Like, what, what's, like how have you been getting involved in the community? How are you formulating plans for this church, I don't think? A big part of what we're doing is simply trying to live our lives uh, and on thank so it's not enough for us to simply have a house and on thank uh, we have to be quite deliberate and actually living our lives and on thank as well so uh, trying to do things locally where we can uh, one of my favorite things that i enjoy doing is boxing um, i think it's a, a brilliant sport i've always loved boxing with football it would be my favorite sport just so happens that there's a boxing club uh, and on thank and I've been enjoying going there just to do a bit of local mm-hmm. fitness with, with people uh, locally and on thank and get to know some of the people uh, who, who go there uh, and get to know them through through doing boxing with them. So that's one thing that I've been doing. Um, in terms of what we're doing currently, uh, in terms of, of meeting and so on, there is no church in on thank currently. We're working towards that. Uh, very recently we um, put a short video just asking people, local Christians, uh, who'd be interested in, in joining us on a Sunday afternoon to pray for a future church and on thank uh, if they would come round to our house uh, to join us in praying for that. Uh, and that's been very encouraging for us. We've had a few local Christians uh, come along to that uh, to join us as we pray and look to the Lord uh, for a, a new church uh, and on thank. So that's been very encouraging for us as well. And uh, in addition to that, one of the things that, that's been a, a good outlet for us as well is um, football. It's taken me a bit of time to, to get to this stage, but we've um, over, over, over my time living in Kilmarnock, I've gotten to know a few guys 
locally and who have friends who have friends who like playing football <laughs> um, and uh, we've got a regular game of seven aside football which would you not tell cool. me it used to be like pure scale riots until you took it over and kind of brought some order to the mess <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's I think that's a little bit it was, it was a little bit disorganised and things but um, I, I think when you're starting something off from 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 not having anything to 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 go in somewhere or something, there's always going to be yeah, uh, difficulties in, in getting something started, and I think a, a large part of it was probably that. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have a, a good committed core of local guys. A couple of them have connections to Unthank. We've got a guy who lives just around the corner for us. Another guy who uh, lives around the corner from our, our new home, and mm-hmm. Unthank. Um, Miriam's gotten to know the partner of one of the guys who lives in Unthank, so um, that's been an encouraging outlet for us as well in terms of getting to know people. That's great. And then going forward then, we're looking to start building a team, so there's hoping women's worker in the future, some kind of help you guys in the ground, some interns to kind of get some stuff going. Is there any specific kind of prayer points that you want people to maybe be praying for off the back of this or any maybe specific people you're like no this is the kind of person that we would need uh, to be involved so what, what is it how can people be supporting you basically sure well i think uh, a big need for us is we, we we do want to grow our team and uh we would love to take on an intern we would love to take on probably a women's worker i think um i think that would probably be probably the first appointment i would like to see happening um, it's fair to say that you know I, I, I've been in Kilmarnock for four years most of which has been on my own married last year joined by Miriam but most of my time has been spent going after the guys mm-hmm. um, for practical reasons uh, but yeah there's a, a lot of uh, women in the, the scheme with a lot of needs we'd love to see a, a mature woman ministering to some of these women and pointing them to Jesus um, so you could pray for that. We would love to take on someone who would fulfil that role. Love to see a, an intern gospel worker come alongside us as well uh, to help with the work on the ground, focused on evangelism and things. Um, yeah, those are the kinds of roles that we would like to see uh, occupied as we try to build a team round about us and look to do um, other ministry stuff in the future. And so next steps then, so you've, you've moved into the community, you've started to form a little bit of a team. Are you going to have a church next week? Or what's what's your kind of going forward? What's that look like? Nah, I don't think we'll have a, a church next week. Well, you never know. The Lord might, you know, do something incredible. But I, I really don't think that we'd have a, a church next week. I think as we kind of formulate a team, I think we would like to really start... Um, talking through what a, a church in on thank is going to look like, what are the things that we are going to be committed to as a church in on thank, um, what that looks like for us and how that um, plays out on the ground for us as well. Um, we probably want to try and dip our toe a little bit into doing a couple of events mm-hmm. uh, just to, again, build further connections. It's good to build connections through um, doing things with people with different organisations that are already running stuff locally, but we want to run a couple of things as well. and um, Perhaps something for kids. Um, there's a lot of kids running about and on thank, but there's, um, there doesn't really seem to be too much for them to do uh, and on thank. So 
perhaps we could offer them something yeah. uh, in that regard. Golly, well, again, being part of 20 Schemes, our hope is that people will just hear a little bit of your story uh, and be excited about what the Lord has done to save you, to, to show you the need, what the Lord is doing currently and what the Lord, we pray, will do going forward in this really needy part. So, again, if anybody's listening and wants to get prayer points, have you got an email address um, that they can, we can share at the bottom? Is that, is that how it works? Yeah, I've got a, an email address. So we'll fire that at the bottom. Um, we are desperate for people to come and give their lives to this as well. People want to be interested in that. Um, that'd be great. We also are praying for people to give to this work. Again, there's, there's masses of need there. And so the money we're raising here for the West of Scotland will go to support not just your training and the support of you and Miriam, but also these future interns and gospel workers. But we're also, and I'm particularly desperate to see other people like you, Paul, other people that, again, similar story that I had that see the need, maybe are hearing that and feeling like, you know what, these places need churches, the, the Lord needs to do something there. Mm. Uh, but maybe you think, yeah, I never, I'm not the guy to do it. Uh, we want to pray that the Lord would use even silly little conversations like this to stir people's hearts, to see that need, mm. and to just be willing to give their lives to it. Say the thing we're looking for most in people is willingness. You love Jesus, you love the church, you love the lost. You know, we want to support and train and support the rest of that. Um, and again, people might be listening and give their lives to that too. But um, yeah, so that's us. Thanks for your chat. Thank you. Cool.